And that'll be the last of it. Praise God. I hope that's the next time and the last time I move. Hallelujah. <clears throat> After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman the son of Hamadatha the Agagite and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants which were in the king's gate said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? That came to pass when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath, and he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had shown him the people of Mordecai, wherefore Haman sought to destroy them. Destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. I want you to realize it was scornful to Haman to destroy Mordecai alone. It was in his mind to destroy every Jew that was in the kingdom. Praise God. Chapter 4 and verse 13. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. Fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to see the king. Praise God. Could you pray with me right now? God, we need your anointing so much. Touch hearts, oh God. Move, stir, guide and direct every word that is in the name of Jesus. Meet needs in this place tonight. Fill somebody with the Holy Ghost tonight. In the name of the Lord, you know the need that is here. We're asking God for you to meet that need in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. In the name of the Lord. I want to preach for just a little while tonight. I'm not going to preach very long. I usually don't preach over five hours. Praise God. So I'm... I'm not going to preach very long, but I want to preach about Satan's masterpiece. Satan's masterpiece. There was a battle that was raging. God's command had come to a king of Israel and told him to go forth and destroy every person in a certain kingdom. 
There was a grudge that God had against this nation. And he said the reckoning day has come. In Old Testament times it was a different day than we're living in today. We're living in the dispensation now when God has grace and mercy upon a lot of things. But grace is more stringent than the law was. Because it allows people to build up iniquity on top of iniquity. Back then one time and it was over. Praise God. But God was holding something against this certain king and this certain kingdom. And he told Saul to go and kill every person in that kingdom. And Saul, carrying out the order, I don't know how thorough he was in the middle of the battle. I really don't know how thorough he was, but somewhere, somehow, in the midst of that battle, he charged into the king's presence. The king, the one that was over this kingdom. And there was something about Agag. He knew how to talk. He knew how to get his point across. He'd have probably been running for president if he was here in 1992. I mean, he was slick-tongued. He knew how to persuade people. Here comes Saul charging in wild-eyed, bloody sword in his hand. And Agag talked him out of killing him. He knew how to use words. He knew how to persuade people to his own way of thinking. Years later, there was a man named Haman that was a direct descendant of Agag. He come from he he got his slick speech and his way of presenting himself. He come by it honestly from his old whoever it was in the lineage named Agag. A direct descendant of this king that caused a supposedly king of God's heritage. A supposedly God called king caused him to lay aside his mission, to lay aside what God had told him to do and commanded him to do. And he began to disobey God from that point. And where it went from there, I don't know exactly. But I do know that there was a curse put on Saul from that day forward because he disobeyed the command of God. And so the time had come, and now God's people were dwelling in a certain kingdom. And, and here was a man named Haman that was a direct descendant of Agag. And he got the king to decree by his oily speech and the way that he could present himself, he got on the king's good side. And he got the king to make a decree that everybody that saw Haman would bow down to him. Satan's not interested in your loyalty necessarily. He's interested in your worship. If he can get your worship away from a sincere praise to God, that's exactly what he wants. Because the power of this thing is in an open relationship with Jesus Christ. Being able to come and lift holy hands in the sanctuary. Coming in and lifting up your voice. The world's lifting up their voice to a lot of things. But we've got something that's worth lifting our voice about. 
Praise God. Praise God. They can talk and they can scream at the ball games. But when the game's over, the fun is ended. Oh, but when church service is over and we leave here shouting the praises of God, we can go to the job and still feel it down deep inside. Praise God, praise God. And I want to reiterate and remind the devil of one thing. We bow to nobody but Jesus Christ. God Almighty, He came in the flesh. We're not going to worship anybody but God. We'll not bow to the idol of drugs. We will not bow to the idol of peer pressure. We will not bow to the idol of modern day polluted religion. We're going to worship God. We're going to worship Him in the spirit and in truth. We're going to worship Him in the beauty of holiness. It's going to be there. Those Jews made the declaration, we'll bow to nobody but Jehovah God. Here come Haman riding high on his mule. Thought everything was just like it ought to be. Everybody was bowing down to him, paying obeisance to him. And he rode by Mordecai and Mordecai just looked at him. And evidently he didn't even notice that he was so wrapped up in everybody bowing down to him and paying honor to him and paying homage to him that, that he didn't even notice this one lone man standing over there. Somebody called it to his attention and said, let's see if Mordecai's case is going to stand. And there began to breed in Haman. I believe it was already there. A hatred for the Jewish people. The Jews were physically God's people. Praise God. And so, in the story that we read, Haman is a type of Satan. A type and a shadow of the enemy of your soul. If you don't bow to him, he's going to start painting a picture. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to an art show or not. They're real interesting. You ought to go to one sometime. I never have, but you ought to go to one sometime. It's kind of like the little boy that walked in and saw the picture of modern art, you know. Just wild. Colors everywhere. Splattered and squirted and everything. Modern art, you know. Give you nightmares if you look at it too long. I went to McDonald's here a while back and they had a picture across the whole back wall. I can't even remember where it was, but it was this modern art scene. And right in the middle was a big old eyeball. And I had indigestion the rest of the day. I sat there looking at that picture. But this little boy walked in the art show and he's standing looking at this modern art. And he said, what in the world is that? His mother said, well, she was reading a little caption, you know. She said, it's supposed to be a cowboy on a horse. He said, why isn't it? <laughs> but you walk into the art show and there is the pictures from different stages of life, different walks of society and, 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 and you know, they represent different things. But the masterpiece, the one that gets the ribbon, there's something about it when the judges walk by all the others, they come back to that one. 
There's something about it that grips you. There's something about it that, you know, it's got, it's got something that the other pictures don't have. And I want you to understand something. Satan is a spiritual Agag and a spiritual Haman. He can paint a picture that will look so beautiful and never show you what's hidden on the back side. You'll tear your way through that picture and find the other side yourself. But he'll never show it to you. You see the beautiful streams and you've heard it preached. And you've heard it talked about the beautiful stream and the cowboy on the horse. And, and, and everything is just a picture of, of, uh, of the rugged mountains. And, and, uh, and everything is just, just perfect, you know. Got a pack of cigarettes there. Go sometime and see the end result of cigarette smoking. Praise God. I beseech you therefore, brother, and by the mercies of God, you present your body a living sacrifice. Somebody that's able to worship God. Somebody that's got the breath in them to praise God and to live for God. Not destroy it with something that is a so-called pleasure. That brings death. Everything that has anything to do with this world is tinged with sorrow. It's tinged with death. Cancer will eventually cure cigarette smoking. There's an end result to everything. But there's a city somewhere that there's not an end to. He'll show you the beautiful billboards of the alcohol. But he don't show you the end result. The car wrecks and the broken families. And the man sitting on a bar stool weeping and crying. Because he's reached the end of his road. And when every drop is gone out of the bottle, his problem's bigger than it ever was. He'll never show you that. And it goes deeper than that. It may be a situation where you come to church regular and you worship God and you praise God. And and it looks like that, 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 that the front is there, you know, and everybody's fooled. But you're standing before the masterpiece of the devil. And there is thoughts and there's desires that you're hanging on to. There's bitterness that you're hanging on to. In some way you cannot release it. And the devil's painting that masterpiece. You know what Haman was doing? He was saying, if you'll just bow to my will. Oh, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be grand. If you'll just bow to what I say, you'll live and prosper. But if you don't, I've got a gallows set up over here. If you go against what I say, it's not going to go real good for you. And the devil will say you'll be unpopular. He'll start out nice. Friends will come. So-called friends will come. Try to draw you away from the truth. Draw you away. You don't really want to live that way. You can't. Re oh. And then on and on and on it will go. And when you stand and flat refuse, then it starts getting a little bit harsher. Your friends is going to reject you. You witness on the job, you'll get fired. He starts showing his fangs and his 
demonic attitude. Praise God. But you go along with what I say and everything will go real good. He called Jesus to the top of the mountain. He said, all you got to do is bow down to me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. That dingbat. God already owned them. You never give the devil titleship to this world. He still held ownership to this world. Those kingdoms was not Satan's to give in the first place. But he said, if you'll just bow to my will, if you'll just do what I say, if you'll just go along with what I have to say, everything will go good. But if you don't, there's a gallows set up. And the Bible said that he looked at Mordecai. And there was hatred. There was animosity. But it was scornful for him to destroy Mordecai alone. He wanted to destroy every Jew in the kingdom. It was a spirit that was trying to destroy God's chosen people. And it's still in the world today. Under the name of godlessness. Do your own thing. Humanism. New age. And even some areas of our religious world. That spirit is there. If they cannot destroy the church, which they can't. It's impossible to destroy the true church. They'll try to permeate, enter in, get in among the true church. Take up a little bit of their attributes and still hang on to the world and try to hang on to God at the same time. Half truth is worse than no truth at all. There's no middle of the road. There's no fence to straddle. Praise God, we need to hang on to God with everything we've got. We need to hang on to this Jesus name, Holy Ghost experience like we never had. There's a spiritual Haman that is on the loose. Oh, but I want you to know there's only one way to be saved. There is only one way to be saved. It's not in my interpretation. It's not in what you think. It's what's written in this old black back book called the Word of God. There's only one way to be saved. It doesn't matter what a president of a seminary says. There is only one way that you and I can ever be saved. The Bible still teaches to repent. Jesus said except you repent. You shall all likewise perish in Luke 13 and 5. Baptism is still essential to salvation. Peter said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Baptism is still repentance or is still essential. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none of the name under heaven given among men 
whereby you must be saved. We still believe baptism is essential to be saved. We still believe in repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. We still believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And we still believe that it's essential to salvation. Without the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. We still need the power of God to make it through this world. You'll obey that message. There's no spiritual Haman anywhere. There's no devil belching forth from the pits of hell that is able to take away what God can give you in this place tonight. There is no temptation that can rip it loose from you. You'll obey. Get a hold of it. Walking through a spiritual art show and the masterpiece gets a hold of you. Praise God. Masterpiece of deceit. He never shows you the end result. He never shows you the end result of cigarettes, drugs, and alcohol. Never shows you the end result. Never shows you the end result of immorality. Never shows it to you. He'll never show you the young girl that we dealt with some time ago. Very young age. Expecting a child out of wedlock. Her parents threw her out of the house. She couldn't find the father of the child. Heartbroken. Torn apart. There's an answer to it. She stood too long looking at the masterpiece. She stood too long looking at the masterpiece. The devil says, if you'll just go along with what I say. Just go along with what I've got planned for your life. Oh, the devil's got a plan for your life. <laughs> the devil's got a plan for this church. But the plan is not going to work on the church. If you don't watch it, it will work on you. But the plan of the devil will never work on the church. And I'm going to stay a part of the church. I don't know about you. If there's one ship that's going to be floating when the storm's over, it's going to be the church. And I'm planning on being aboard that ship. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm planning on being aboard the ship. Praise God. But if you'll just do what I say, if you'll just go along with the crowd, if you'll just be popular, you know, you've got you to do some things to be popular in this world. And you've got to do some things that, that may go against your conscience the first few times, you know, but, but it'll pay off in the end because you'll be raised to a, to a, a bigger pedestal and a higher plateau. And, and oh, you'll be, you'll be raised up and you, you'll get what you've always wanted. You're standing in front of the masterpiece. And you're listening to Haman. Amen. But if you live for God, I've got a picture of gallows sitting over here. Right. I've got a picture of all of your dreams crumbling. But the devil is a master of deceit. He cannot tell the truth thoroughly. He can tell a portion of the truth. But he cannot tell the full truth. He paints such a picture of deceit. 
And oh, it's all a sham. But he paints it so beautiful. He can mingle the colors just right. He can get it all situated just like it ought to be done. So that when you walk by and you're looking, there's something about it that reaches out and grabs you. But in the same, in the same studio, there's another picture. Not all that glamorous. May not be all that, all that much to look at until you come in with a hungry heart. When you see the picture of the old rugged cross, there's something about that that makes the colors of Satan's masterpiece almost fade and drip out on the floor. When you come in and you're at the end of the road and you've torn through the masterpiece of the devil and you've seen the backside, there's a Savior that died to set you free. And there's no backside to that picture. Every truth is on the front page. It's there in living color. It's not hard to live for God. It's not hard to live for God. It all depends what you want to do. It's not hard to live for God. Because every time you get into a rough place, He's always there with you. Oh, if you just put your trust in Him, He's there every step of the way. Every step of the journey, He's there. He's given you the strength and the power. That's why He told those disciples, don't you go and face the world until you go to Jerusalem. And you're going to be endued with power from on high. You're going to be able to overcome every obstacle. I'm not going to be with you then, but I'm going to be in you. It's not going to be a physical talking with me. But oh, every mile of the way, you're going to feel me holding your hand. You're going to feel me helping you over the rough times hallelujah it's there he is real and he's alive and he's there every step of the way praise God let's stand tonight sin's pulling at you I don't know I may be talking to somebody that's wrapped in a black curtain of discouragement, depression. You may be here because you've tried everything else in town and it's failed you. You're in the right place. If you've never repented of your sins, you need to do that before you walk out of this place tonight. You can lay that old heavy load that you've been carrying at the feet of Jesus and walk out of here a truly free moral agent. Free from sin. But hanging on to the bloodstained hand of Jesus Christ. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to make arrangements to do it before you leave. Somebody could get the Holy Ghost tonight. Somebody could be healed tonight. Somebody could come out of this place shouting, that's needed a shout in your life for a long time. In fact, I want to tell you a prophecy that was spoken when Jesus was born in Luke, the first chapter. Praise God. Devil would shout tonight 
if he could see the end of the church. He's got those gallows set up and everything's all right, but we're going to hang him on his own gallows. <laughs> Hallelujah. Old Haman wound up hanging on the gallows he built. But in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, or let's skip down to 32. It's a prophecy that she's going to conceive, bring forth a son, call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall become called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. There's a lot of folks that thinks heaven is the kingdom. Heaven is not the kingdom. The Bible said the kingdom of heaven is not meat nor drink. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many has got the Holy Ghost in this place? This is the kingdom of God. This church is going on. I said it's moving forward. Of His kingdom, there shall be no end. Soak it up, devil. This church is not going to be destroyed. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him right now. Woo! Hallelujah. I feel Him in this place. If you've got a need, you can touch Him right now. If you have a need from God, why don't you find a place to pray? Hallelujah. The picture may be pretty, but it's not worth it. I'm going to keep on living for God. I'm going to keep on worshiping God. I'm going to keep on hanging on. I'm going to stay in the kingdom of God. Come what may. I'm still going to be with the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. by speaking in other tongues. You need to receive that experience. You need it in your life. Amen. Hallelujah.
with your spirit, your sweet, sweet spirit, touch me, Lord, one more time, with your power, oh, you've touched me. Touch me one, one more time. time. Oh, touch me, Lord, one more time with your spirit, your sweet, sweet spirit. Touch me, Lord, one more time with your power. Peace. 